0: Hi there and welcome to Process, a podcast where we have honest conversations about what it takes to manage the ups and downs of the creative journey. I'm Marcela Chamorro, your host. Caroline Kelso is my guest on this episode. Caroline started off in the advertising industry, but quickly decided that wasn't for her and eventually ended up trying her hand at freelancing and then entrepreneurship. A few years down the road now, Caroline's work is helping soulful creatives become their most vibrant selves through hand lettering, teaching courses, writing, and more. But this isn't your typical left my job, fell in love with my own work kind of story. I'm going to ask Caroline about what life is like after realizing you're able to make a living on your own. Caroline's work is now well established and pretty popular online. So how does she spend her time now to keep pushing the boundaries of enabling creative people like us? Let's get to it. Caroline, it's awesome to have you on Process. Caroline, thank you for being on Process. Welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Tell us a little bit about yourself, your business, and how you got into this.
1: Oh, goodness. How much time do we have now? (laughs) Um, So it's kind of, in fact, it's so funny because I was just thinking about this last night of like the twisted and, you know, crazy journey that has led me here, which I think is probably the case for most people. But To give you a little bit of background, I started out as a super academic kid, a very overachieving uh, kid in terms of, you know, wanted to get straight A's in school and wanted to like go to college and be the best and get the best job. And for the first part of my life, I was very, very motivated by the external expectations from society and things like that. And It took starting out in the advertising industry to make me realize that the corporate culture and especially the advertising agency culture where it's so, you know, you have to bend your life in order to support the work instead of allowing the work to support your life. That really didn't jive with me early on. So it became clear to me right away that kind of the the nine to five world, the cutthroat advertising agency world wasn't for me. And luckily at the time I um this is back in let's see in so 2010 to 2011 I had been kind of bopping around to agency jobs trying to figure out if this was you know right for me and and very quickly it became apparent that it wasn't. So at that time my boyfriend actually had a marketing startup company and I kind of convinced him that I could be an asset to the company and I went to go work for him. So I did that for 2 years after advertising and that really Opened my eyes up to this entire entrepreneurial world. I didn't know that I could necessarily be a part of it, but I just knew now that it existed and that there was this whole ability to be flexible and to make your own rules and to create a world and a life that you wanted instead of having to bend to someone else's. And so that was really enlightening for me. And then in 2013, that business kind of closed its doors And, you know, Jason, my boyfriend asked me, he said, okay, are you going to go back to agency work? Are you going to go back to the corporate world? And I was like, I just, I can't ever go back now (laughs) knowing what this feels like and knowing how cool it is to be able to have full control over your day and making things and, and growing and moving forward. And so at that time, I just, I don't know what it was in me that said, I think I'm going to try my hand at freelance design, but I decided to go for it. And that was August of 2013. So For the past two years, basically, I have been trying my hand at this whole creative side of myself and been developing this um, art style and kind of coming into my creativity. And in January of 2014, I decided instead of just doing freelance design that I wanted to create a community that was sort of bigger than me. And so I started a brand called Made Vibrant. And at first I was operating under, still under that design kind of profession. So I was doing a lot of custom brand design and web design. But ultimately I found kind of my passion for creating content that was at the intersection of this like personal growth and creativity and business. So now made vibrant is sort of this hub of resources for what I like to call soulful creatives. And, And I know that you can relate to this, but it's, you know, people who are interested in that journey that goes on between creativity and personal growth and like all of the, the psychological and the
0: emotional and the deeper things that go along with that. So that's where I am now. I've been noticing on your Instagram and your writing that you mention pretty frequently that you're what you call a deep feeler. Yeah. And I'm curious if that made it more difficult to start out. You Mm. mentioned, for example, you know, and just to give everybody some background, Jason has been on the show. I'm not exactly sure what number (laughs) episode, but I'll link it in the show notes. So... It takes it's a big risk to ask your boyfriend to hire you and say let's work together. Um, yeah, then you know to start you know freelancing and then to say I'm not going to freelance anymore. I'm going to you know do something community and product focused.
1: Yeah, does yeah. the
0: deep feeler side of you make it because you feel the Definitely. fear more intensely? Does it make it more difficult or more? You know or what's or interesting
1: about that? Mm-hmm. I love I love that question. I think what's interesting is that it actually makes it easier in a way. And I'll tell you why. Because – I have this. I call it kind of a gift and a curse to be so like painfully sensitive, which I am, and that's something that it did take me a number of years to like be okay with admitting about myself because it it is something that I always kind of felt a little bit weird for growing up. Like I I could cry at the drop of a hat, or like I would see a piece of art and it would move me to tears, and all these things. And I've come to realize that that's just I'm a very sensitive person that way. But what's interesting about why I say it made it easier is that. You know, when I'm doing something that feels out of alignment with the core of who I am, I feel it in every, like, pore of my body. And so I think that's why it was almost – I don't want to say easy to leave the advertising world because it was definitely like hard to swallow the idea that I would be walking away from what everyone expected me to do. But it was easy in that I felt like I didn't have another choice. Like I knew that I couldn't go to a, a job every day where I just like wanted to cry. And I I couldn't go to a job every day where I felt so creatively stifled. And so each one of the kind of little pivots and turns that you mentioned was a different example of that, where I was like doing something that didn't feel totally fulfilling, didn't allow me to be my brightest and and most vibrant version of myself, which is very much the kind of underlying belief behind Made Vibrant. So each step in the process, whenever I would notice that I was feeling a certain way, my sensitivity allowed me to say like, okay, this decision is going to be really hard. Like it's going to be really hard to start a business or it's going to be really hard to stop doing client work and to try my hand at products. But I don't feel like there's any other way. Like I almost have to move forward in that direction, if that makes sense.
0: I'm curious because we're talking about your career, um, mm-hmm. but it sounds like you, you mentioned being very academic growing up. Mm-hmm. When did it... I guess occurred to you that there could there was no other way than to mix your career and yourself and your creativity, personality, deep feelerness, everything.
1: Oh, that's a good question. You know, I think it was like all these little things along the way. It, it was just these these little moments. So it was like and it and it didn't occur to me for a very long time. But so one of those moments I would say was definitely meeting Jason because he was the first one that that made it even an option. You know, it, it, when you meet someone that shows you what's possible, I think it's a really powerful thing. So it was like that little nugget was kind of like, okay, this is even an option. This is something you haven't thought of, but here now you know it exists. So it was like that was a pivotal moment. And then it was, I would also say starting a personal blog was really a pivotal moment for me because i had always had this like writing inside of me. I'd always you know, my deep feeler nature, I had always wanted to get that out into the world. And it finally got to the point where I was like, I have to just share these thoughts and and feelings with someone or else I'll just explode. And so I started my personal blog and that kind of got me over the hump and started making me realize that, okay, you know, people care. People want to hear about this stuff. It's interesting to them. And also it made me realize how good it felt to create and that was sort of the first little nugget was the writing. And then I had this moment where I had been working for Jason and I had been doing still stuff that wasn't that, you know, quote unquote creative, even though I'd been teaching myself design programs at night to like make my blog look a certain way and all those things. And so we went to this conference that you also have been to, MisfitCon in Fargo, and my friend AJ, I was just sitting in the audience and I was writing in my notebook and I was doing these doodles of quotes that people were saying. And that that was just kind of my way of internalizing and experiencing that, the event. And he said, oh my gosh, Caroline, are you an artist? And I freaked out. I was like, no, I'm not an artist. Uh, of course not. And looking back, it seems so silly because I am so much a creative. I, that is so much a part of who I am, but it, I just, I had spent so many years convincing myself that I couldn't be both a person interested in academics and information. So that was a really important kind of turning point for me to say, maybe I am an artist. You know, maybe I can be creative. And suddenly I started sharing my art and then it all just sort of blended together once I started Made Vibrant. And I realized that part of why I want to create a business is to share my personal story with the world. So yeah, all those lines started to get very blurry.
0: And it's interesting that this came up at Misfit because Misfit, I described it to AJ as it feels like we were walking inside of Pinterest.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it was. It's so true. But like the really, the really interesting, you know, non-mainstream Pinterest where, cause sometimes now I think Pinterest gets super overwhelming where you're like, oh, why can't I just create cupcakes that look like snowmen, you know? But it's like those, those gems that you find where every detail has been thought about and everything is interesting and moving to you in a different way. Yeah. It's definitely a very, very inspiring place to
0: be. Yeah. 2013. Pinterest. Um, yeah, yeah no, it, it was, it's definitely a, a beautiful event. And it, I remember taking my, my husband came with me, JJ, and mm-hmm. he actually didn't pay for a ticket because he was just coming with me to Fargo. Why he would just yeah. come with me to Fargo. And AJ was like, no, man, you are going to sit in every single session. I was like, AJ, he didn't pay for the ticket. He's like, I, love I don't that care. AJ. He's my family. And I was like, okay, yeah. okay. let's do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's such a beautiful place. And, and also just AJ and Melissa who run the conference are, are amazing. Um, yeah, it's
1: so funny. I So funny story about that. I actually didn't pay for a ticket either because Jason was speaking. And so yeah. I, he said, I'm going to Fargo. And I said, Fargo, that sounds exciting, <laughs> which m- most people wouldn't agree with. But I was like, I've never been to Fargo, North Dakota. I'll go. And then, you know, I was just sort of sitting in the background trying to be – invisible because for the same reason I was like I didn't pay for this I feel bad and it ended up being like a life-changing moment for me so it was just it's funny that way
0: it definitely was fun and we're and uh we're gonna be going back this year so I'm I'm, I'm really excited well May so next Yay. year so it's you mentioned that you started trying to transition to community and product focused business um, yeah as of January 2014 so it's been a year and you know Ten yeah,
1: it, it honestly was more it, it, that transition more happened about October of last year in 2014. Okay. So yeah, when I started the Made Vibrant brand in January of 2014, that was still very much a client based design business. I had kind of tiptoed with things like eBooks and whatever, but it wasn't until I started, till I launched my first e course on hand lettering in October of last year, that I was like. I really want to transition into more of this community building stuff. And that was the point where I made the decision to start – well, to stop taking on client work. I was still booked about six months in advance. So I didn't actually stop doing client work until March of this year, which is kind of a conversation in it of itself because it's a very weird thing when you decide that you want your business to take a certain direction, but you're kind of on this runaway train if you're booked in advance, you know. So that was an interesting time period where I kind of had to – you know, still keep my heart and my work with and deliver really great things to my clients that were still on my, you know, kind of my project calendar. But at the same time, I had this vision for where I wanted my business to be six months in the future. So that was an interesting time period for sure.
0: And I think it's amazing how when you rewind, that you, this all, yes, like you met Jason and the whole thing. But like you mentioned, you started your personal blog. The same thing happened to me. I was like, yeah. I'm going to start a blog and not tell anybody about it. And like the first yeah. day, you're just like, I'm just tinkering. With some website, I think I started on Typekit and then I went to another one and then you start writing and then you fast forward five, six years, whatever. And it has transformed into, for me, like this podcast, being a speaker, like all these different things where I first started writing about like technology and social media. That lasted like a month. I was like, "This is super boring for me. Not my thing."
1: (laughs) But but, you um, don't know that till you try, right? Which is, I think, the beautiful thing about it. And like, you know, I I'm doing this lettering challenge uh, this month, which is all about kind of lettering your gratitude. And a couple days ago, the prompt was, you know, a poem or a quote that. You know, that you're grateful for. And there are so many that I thought of, but the one that stuck out to me was this quote that actually pushed me to finally publish my first personal blog. And that was, you know, a year from now, you will have wished you started today. And I remember seeing that. And I had been sitting on this idea for my personal blog. This is back in 2011. And I had been like, painstakingly, you know, thinking about what I wanted it to be called and what I wanted it to look like and what I wanted to write about and just paralyzed completely. And then finally I saw that quote and I was like, just, I, I, I knew that that was me. I knew that if I didn't publish something that a year from that date, I was going to be so mad at myself, you know? And so that's why I always tell people, gosh, you just got to start and you just have to do something because like you said, you just never know where those breadcrumbs are going to lead you and and where that path will lead you. And I feel like we all only have such a limited time here on this earth. And so, you know, every day that you spend dreaming about the things that you're going to do rather than doing them is like, you know, you're wasting time. So.
0: In the words of our friend AJ, this is not your practice life, right? Amen. Yeah. And it's the act of exploring. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like it's more like an adventure. You know, yeah. it's, I don't know what's going to happen. I have no clue what this is going to lead to, but I don't have a goal in mind. For me, the actual, like the poem or question that really spurred me to do it was, or to start something was, what would you do if you could not fail? Yeah. Because then I was like, I would instantly, you know, I'd write a book. And then I was like, Yeah, holy crap, that means that I'm afraid. What am I, I afraid heard this- of?
1: Right. No, totally. It's such a good question about... And really, it brings all of those fears to the forefront of your mind. I heard also this very beautiful kind of twist on that. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast interview between Elizabeth Gilbert, who's one of my favorite favorite authors, and I heard that
0: one too. To <laughs> yeah, to and Brene and
1: and Brené Brown, who's also amazing, and and they said, you know, I want to I want to edit that quote to say something to the effect of, you know, what would you do even if you did fail? And it's this idea that you know what are what are the things what are the creative things inside of you that are so compelling that even if you did kind of crash and burn you would dust yourself off and you would do it again because it means that much to you. You know, and I was like, god, that's an interesting way to look at it too because the first one definitely forces you to confront your fears, but then the second one forces you to focus on the fact that this is work that you must do, you know.
0: Yeah, that's interesting because I was recently, you know, talking to somebody about what I'm going to do with this podcast and I said, the question was, you know, what would you do if you don't, if it's not, you know, monetized by X date? And I said, I would 100% keep doing it. There's no, for me, this is what some people would call a passion project. But it's like I use this podcast for so many things that I don't care if it ever makes me any money a cent. I don't care because I stay connected to people. I get to share interesting conversations. You know, I get to share people's stories for people to hear your story and to impact them that's yeah for me that's to serve you know so absolutely I'm curious about so your background with all of these you know these you mentioned a lot in your newsletter and in your writings that you read a lot of books first of all yeah. how do you find the time to read so many books ladies like <laughs>
1: Well, it helps that I don't have children. I'll be honest with you. (laughs) Um, because that I hear is quite the time commitment. It's funny. Um, no, but yeah, this is kind of a recent development actually. And it's, and it's, happened probably over the past year or so that um Jason never read books and he like I mean really never read books. I at least read books when I was in school. He just completely just decided to miss that entire part of education. But about a year ago, both of us made this very conscious effort to Pay, pay attention less to social media, to, to pull ourselves away from technology in a more mindful way and to kind of like rest in different ways. And so, you know, we, we went to a cabin last October and like we're just away from social media and we did a lot of reading then. And so it's become this thing where it's very relaxing to me now. And then on top of that, I get a lot of ideas because I, you know, I'm just – It opens up my perspective to a lot of things. So, you know, I'm very selective about the things that I do read. But if if people recommend things to me and I find them interesting enough, I just love that it it helps me think about my life in a new way. So I'll read like I'll take very very intentional breaks throughout my day to go sit down in our hammock and read for like 45 minutes. Or I'll start my day with, and it doesn't have to be a long period of time. Sometimes it's just 20 minutes. Um, I've gotten into the habit of trying to instead of when I wake up in the morning reach for my my phone, which is right by my bed, which I have been notorious for in the past of either, I've I've actually gotten better at not doing email, but like I'll check my Instagram or something like that. But now instead of reaching for my phone, I'll reach for a book and I'll just read for 10 minutes. And it's amazing what just those 10 minutes does for kind of the opening up my mind to my day, if that makes
0: sense. So yeah, that's been kind of a recent development, but one that I'm really enjoying. That's interesting that I have the opposite – kind of reaction to reading nonfiction? Because I I do Mm -hmm. notice that the majority of the books that you share um, are nonfiction. So when I, let's say if I'm falling asleep, I can't read nonfiction because then I start thinking like, I need to do this. I need to work on this. What if I journal this? And I need to like delve into this area of my life and, and I get like more energetic instead of.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, that's why I honestly now that you mentioned that, that's probably why I don't read as much at night and I read it more in the morning. I watch mindless TV at night, and that's how I quiet my brain.
0: Nice. Do you watch Scandal? I'm a big Scandal fan.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Can we even just talk about this season? Yeah. like, And you know what's really funny about that? Like talking about these – you know, I know I mentioned before kind of these like false – dichotomies where i thought i couldn't be a creative person and an academic person and kind of in the same way there was a time a few years ago where i thought i couldn't be like a thoughtful and deep person but then also a person who like indulged in this this like mindless tv and i love tv and i thought that that used to make me somehow like less intellectual or less creative or something but now i'm like there's a time and a place for everything and my mind is going so fast throughout my day that the only way for me to shut it down is to watch, is to kind of like escape into this world before I go to bed, you know? So yes, I
0: love Scandal. I have to admit that I've had a very active, uh, I guess, relationship with kind of very mindless (laughs) suits since I was little. I mean, I, the reason why I got into computers was because I used to want to Photoshop photos of NSYNC, I was. God, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Obsessed with NSYNC. Like if I ever meet them, what I will would cry.
1: You, what? How did you Photoshop them? Like what did you
0: do to them? I don't even. I was like, trying to put to create your like head a, in there. Like I was trying to create like fan sites or something. I don't know. So I like taught myself HTML to make like a Joey Fatone like, and I liked Joey. Oh. Joey what like why I I like Joey he's he's such a showman you know and he he was so under underrated I mean let's not even go there I could talk about (laughs) NSYNC forever we'll we'll have this
1: convo after sorry guys (laughs) you can't this is behind closed doors our mutual love of NSYNC
0: (laughs) I I'm gonna email you a photo of my room you couldn't (laughs) see the wall it was plastered with photos
1: you know, that actually reminded me of really so this is taking a turn now. Sorry guys, but a really silly story where talk about being a deep feeler. I so I begged my mom to go take me to see Titanic when I was little. And so I think I was only about I was what I think I was 97. So maybe I was only about 10 at the time. Mm-hmm. I go, I see this movie Titanic. I close my eyes for the naked parts. And then I come home and the fact that Leonardo DiCaprio died in the movie like I was so invested in Jack as a character that I kid you not Marcella I did not sleep that night because I cried all <laughs> night all night I cried. I was like, he's gone. And I think that probably should have been my first indication that maybe I was a little bit of an em- empathetic person. If I can, if I can empathize that strongly with fictional people, <laughs> maybe I, that should be my red
0: flag. I may or may not have shown a photo of me bawling at an NSYNC concert at my oh. TEDx talk.
1: Oh my gosh, that's perfect.
0: It I love was that. I'm like, this is me, home size, take it or leave it. I love them. This is is what it is. I love it. So going back to books and all the stuff that that you read, which books do you recommend for people who might want to jumpstart their creative process? And I'm going to make it difficult for you. You can't say Big Magic because Big Magic right now is everywhere.
1: I know it is, but there's a reason because that I'm telling you, is like the the handbook for a creative, and I think it's such an important book. But um, okay, I'll, I'll take that.
0: I haven't read it yet because a friend of mine has a signed copy. I'm going to Miami for Thanksgiving, and she's going to give it to me. And I'm super oh, excited. So, she, so
1: that's so exciting. Yeah, yeah, she must have gone to one of the book events, which I just went to, and it was. Fantastic.
0: I know I was in Miami for the event, and I couldn't go because toddler.
1: Oh. Yeah, because <laughs> <So>. because toddler. <laughs> Thank you. I love it. Okay. So what for for kind of starting, I'm trying to think of the big ones that really impacted me. One interesting one that comes to mind is a book called The Art of Possibility that I read a few months ago. And I think it's like, I don't even remember when it came out and it was recommended to me by a friend. But this book helps you flip some of those things on its head and to say, okay, instead of Like, for example, instead of being in in the scarcity mindset and they talk about this idea of the world of measurement, which is that, you know, we're all kind of trained to compare ourselves to each other because, you know, there's a part of our brain that way back when, you know, resources were more scarce and we had to survive – That was a really helpful part of our brain to be like, you know what? There's only a certain amount of water, and so you're going to have to know how you stack up to other people, and are you weaker, and are you stronger, so that you can survive. But what's funny is that there's kind of a a residue of that now where we feel like there's a scarce amount of resources in the world, and we have to – you know, compete with other people in order to get that. And the one that comes to mind is just success. Like, you know, we've all had those moments where we see someone who who is doing something similar to us be successful and it suddenly feels like there's less success for us, which is a complete fallacy. There's plenty of, of quote unquote success to go around, but it just, it really was an interesting book in terms of opening my mind up to different things. And I really enjoyed it. And I also love that each chapter kind of has its own little Kind of phrase or or thing that it helps you remember and little anecdotes and things. So that's that's a good
0: one. I, I read that book too, and it really helped. You did, yeah. I read. A lot. I try. I think the nursing stage of having a baby provides a lot of time for <laughs> reading and watching scandal. So I, what I took from that book was that apart from the scarcity mindset, that I think was really powerful. I really enjoyed their, the section on taking responsibility for your own actions and, you know, cause coming from a client business as well, I've had a lot of interactions with clients that maybe were not, they were kind of traumatizing. Um, and, and I think that this book helped me to, to see, you know, there's always things that you can learn. You could have improved that not kind of in a shameful way, but in a looking forward, making peace with certain uh, disagreements or negative things that have happened and I think that I, I really enjoyed that book as well.
1: Yeah, for sure. And ownership in general, not just like not just owning your part in disagreements or owning your part in things, but ownership in terms of realizing the fact that you ultimately are the person in control of the, the path that your life is going to take. And I think a lot of times when I run into people that feel stuck or when I run into people that feel like, oh, why hasn't it happened for me yet, you know – they're taking a little bit of a backseat in terms of not recognizing their own power to go out and to do things. And they're kind of sitting back and waiting for the world to offer something up to them rather than saying, you know what, things don't happen to me. I go out and happen to them. So just that idea of ownership in general has been a really powerful one for me the past year or so.
0: Interesting. And I'm curious as to what you are working on nowadays. So not necessarily creatively as well. Tell everybody about color your soul and everything that you're working on, but also what are you working on like for yourself, for Caroline lately? Mm, personally.
1: Yeah. A big, big, big one that has come up for me in the past couple of months is really about protecting my boundaries and realizing that it's not a selfish act. To know who you are and to make decisions that protect the, the essence of who you are. So what I mean by that is, you know, I, I'm learning this about myself that I actually am a very introverted person. And so when I go, when I'm around a lot of people back to back for long periods of time, it drains me. And I need that, that one-on-one time with myself to recharge my batteries. And so there was a time where I cared so much about letting people down or about disappointing people that I said yes to everything, knowing good and well that it was going to leave me feeling completely drained because I was afraid that you know, asking for these things that I need—it just felt so self-indulgent. But now I'm really working on saying no to things and being okay with that, and sitting with that, and and realizing that if people are disappointed, ultimately I can't control that emotional response, and that you know, in the end, it allows me to be the best version of myself for whatever I'm doing. So the fact that you know I said no to a meeting this morning, right before our podcast interview. You know, the fact that I did that was ultimately so that I could show up to this interview and give you the best version of myself. And I have now know that about myself. And I'm really – I still have slip-ups. Like, I still kind of fall into these places where I'm like, how did I get so overbooked? But I have to, again, take ownership of that and realize I know exactly how I did. I didn't set my boundaries and I didn't protect my boundaries. So that's definitely the big one that I'm working on. And then as far as professionally, like you said, color your soul is – a project for 2016 that I'm like so unbelievably excited for. And it kind of relates a little bit to the boundaries thing in that, you know, I had the, all these ideas for like new courses I wanted to do and this and that, because I was seeing in the general space of, of resources for creative entrepreneurs, kind of the space that I play in that, people are doing tons more e-courses and th- you know it's working for them and and I think I was getting a little bit distracted in terms of trying to move where the market was moving if that makes sense but thankfully I have an amazing assistant her name's Laura and she kind of she anchors me in my my core purpose and she's like but you're not them Caroline like made vibrant isn't them like you know what do you want to create what do you want to put out into the world and I've had this idea for what I'm calling a, a monthly mindfulness subscription for over a year now and I just haven't created it. And so um finally saying I'm going to do this project is me kind of taking a stand for my for myself and saying, you know what? I'm not going to allow myself to be pulled in these directions just because I think it's what people other people are doing. I'm going to I'm going to create from the vision that I have, which is the fact that I think, you know, we all want to be these more mindful people. We all want to Uh, work on ourselves and become better, but life kind of gets in the way. And so Color Your Soul is a monthly subscription where I want to create sort of a, a digital experience that you can get on the first of the month that completely delights you. And then it also helps you stay mindful around one central theme for that month. So, you know, talk about, let's just say, like we were talking about the art of possibility. So let's say January's theme is possibility. And the idea is that for that month, you're going to color your soul with possibility. And I'm going to create articles and, you know, printable art and interviews and things that, so that throughout that month, you can kind of meditate on what that means for your life and actually implement it into your everyday.
0: It's so hard. And first of all, PS, thank you for not accepting that meeting to give us your best. I appreciate that. (laughs) You're more than welcome. But also, I think that Color Your Soul plays into something that I've struggled with for a long time, which is, and I've talked about this in various interviews with James Clear and other people as well, that it's so difficult to remember everything that we, sh- quote unquote, should be doing to help ourselves and to create a better life. And it's so difficult to remember, to you know, drink water, journal. Uh, what are you grateful for? All this stuff. And to have a program-ish to kind of guide you through that. I'm sure a lot of people will find that very helpful.
1: When I put up just the initial like splash page website, the way that I kind of described it was an accountability partner for mindfulness. You know what I mean? Like for all those reasons you just mentioned, because I totally agree. We all know that these things make us feel good. We know that when we drink water, we have more energy. We know that when we journal, we're more reflective. We know that when we take time for rest, we're more energized, you know, all these things. But- when you're just left to your own devices, it's hard because you don't have someone reminding you and saying, did you do this? And we, as humans, we just need that. And so that's what I want to be for people is like that accountability partner to say, you know, put it in my, put it in my hands for a a little while. You don't have to take all of this on yourself. You can go about your everyday, and I'll be that person to remind you and say, Hey, here's, here's something for you to think about this week or, or this day, you know?
0: It's funny that I have a friend, my best friend kind of acts as that kind of monthly subscription service <laughs> right now. She'll send me an article and say, Look, 36 questions that promise that you make you fall more in love. And so, like, I sit there with JJ, I'm like, JJ, do you want to do something stupid with me? And he's like, I uh-huh. love that.
1: I've I read that article. That's awesome.
0: We did it the other day. And he was You're like, welcome. Speak for four minutes about your entire life in as much detail as possible. Marcela. I've known you for eight years. I'm like, come on, (laughs) give me four minutes.
1: Adorable, and yeah. I love that. I love
0: that you guys did it. I don't think he. I don't think he thinks it's adorable, <laughs> but but it was a that's good again. time. We got to like the he last. He did it question. anyway. Like, hey. He he, uh, he did it anyway, which is He's the important part. Support. He's a good sport. We got to the last question. Yeah. He was like, "Can we not?" And I was like, "All right, all right." <laughs> Thirty-five out of thirty-six. Good job, JJ. You um, win. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. But but definitely, I I hope I'll post um, color your soul the link and and everything in the show notes so people can check it out. And that launches January.
1: Yeah, so actually we're doing sort of right now the plan is to launch a free issue for December so that people can kind of get a little bit of a feel for what it's going to look like and feel like and we'll do kind of pre-orders during December and then the first paid issue, the paid month will be January.
0: Look at you, you're so official.
1: I'm trying. What what you don't know is like all those dates are just completely in the ether right now and now I'm going to have to, you know, hold hold up to them. But that's okay. That's what external accountability is for.
0: That's awesome. That's awesome. And I mean, so this is, like you said, you know, you kind of started going towards product-based business a year ago. And so one year later, did you imagine that this would be where you're at?
1: Oh my gosh, no way. I, I had hoped, like I really, really hoped that all of the sort of seeds that I planted in the first year of my business in terms of creating a community that was really strong and really engaged, I had hoped that that would pay off, but I just had no idea. I mean, the emails that I am so grateful for that I get from my community in terms of that they're actually changing their lives and that they're actually that, – that the things that I put out into the world make a difference for them, that is the ultimate – gratification. And so, you know, I had no idea. I, I've, I've had to learn how to be very sort of okay with the loose nature of my future from dating Jason. He's not like a plan, plan your life out type of person. And he encourages me to be a little bit more spontaneous that way. So I had no idea what a year from January would look like, but I'm really glad that it's hopefully, you know, going to take the turn that it will.
0: So just to, like you said, you know, help people out, we are kind of painting the, not only the present, but the future, like very bright. What would you describe a creative low as in your life and how do you deal with it?
1: That's a fantastic question because I am always trying to be mindful of the fact that while I am trying to always be, you know, the brightest version of myself and to move forward, that doesn't mean that I don't have dark times or days or periods. So The first six months of my business was so tough in terms of when I started Made Vibrant and when I had no community and I was just getting it off the ground – And here I was, this self-taught designer, just trying to get clients. And I was really, I mean, the first six months of my design business, I only made about $6,000. And that's not, that was not covering my bills. That wasn't what I could live on. And I was, I was using my credit card to be perfectly honest with you. And I had this point in um, July of, of last year where just a low point in terms of I was actually in Fort Lauderdale. I was visiting my one of my best girlfriends from college, and it was her birthday. And I woke up on Sunday morning, and we were going to go to brunch for her birthday. And I got an email from my bank account saying, you're completely overdrawn. And both of my credit cards were maxed out. So I was $7,500 in, in credit card debt at that point. I had no money, and I had to ask my friend to pay for my brunch for her birthday. And like, that was just this, this moment that I remember so deeply being like, so kind of ashamed, you know, of saying like, this is hard and this isn't working. And the money part was so hard to swallow. But it also was this moment where I was like, all right, well, here's the low. Here's the low of the low. (laughs) I'm already poor. So I almost had this like fearlessness that emerged from that low point where it was like, I've got to try something different. And that was of course, after going through a period of time where I was like, Jason, do I go back and get a job? Like, do I just get a nine to five job and, you know, do that for a while? And, and which I don't think there's anything wrong with. I do think like, There's a time and a place for that. But he was like, I think you can do this. I think we just need to, you know, reconfigure some of the things that we're doing. And so we, when I got back from that trip, we sat down, we came up with a plan to tackle the debt in terms of like, first, we stopped the bleeding. So we like called our credit cards and, you know, we kind of negotiated ways that we could get 0% interest because the interest fees are what get you when you kind of hit a certain amount of credit card debt. So we stopped the bleeding. Then we came up with a payoff plan. And I suddenly kind of, had this, I don't know where it came from, but I was like, I'm not going to be broken by this. Like I'm going to keep pushing forward. And it forced me to get really focused in terms of I redesigned my website so that I only did brand design for a very specific audience, which was like soulful creative entrepreneurs. And I think going from, I do it all, like I do web design, I do brand design, I do print design to just saying, here's just the one thing that I do and here's who I do it for. If I could tell anybody who's maybe struggling to kind of latch on to an audience or something like that. It's like, draw your line in the sand, you know, make it very clear to people, the thing that you're good at and and who you're doing it for. Because when I did that, suddenly the clients started coming in. And, and what's funny is they even asked me to do all the stuff I was listing on my website before that. But it's like, by saying, this is what I do, it allows you to stand out a little bit more. Yeah. And so I really found that, being able to say, this is what I do, it allowed people to, you know, I stood out a little bit more in their minds. So that was a big kind of turning point for me. And then suddenly all of the, like I was saying, all of those seeds that I was planting in the beginning of my business started kind of paying off because time had gone by and that's when things sort of turned around. So I mean, that is one that immediately comes to mind in terms of a low point, just because I, I know what that feels like to feel like the financial side of running a business is just constricting your creativity, but it really came back down to that ownership piece and saying like, okay, I need to get out there and try things and explore because that's the only way that I'm going to get out of this. And if I continue to try things and it doesn't work, then maybe I'll go back and get a job. But I just, I wasn't done fighting and I'm glad that I didn't go back and do that because that was the turning point.
0: That's awesome to hear. And I, I, it seems that the word ownership is a big theme in your journey.
1: Definitely. For sure. Well,
0: thanks so much for being on Process Caroline. I love hearing your story and sharing it with everybody and honestly learning from you. So I thank you. Thank you. And um, I will be posting all of your info. And honestly, for me, just as a side note, a big part of getting through a creative low for me is a community And just so everybody knows, Caroline has a Slack community where, you know, I've posted before about struggles that I'm having and the support and encouragement is great. So I'll post a link to that as well in the show notes if anybody's into that.
1: Yeah, we're definitely a very encouraging and just kind of a safe place is what it's turned out to be, which I'm really grateful for. So I'm glad to hear that feedback from you. And thanks for all that you do on this podcast. I think it's fantastic. And I think that you're sharing really important conversations. So I'm just honored to be here
0: all right thanks so much caroline you're welcome you heard it folks i hope you enjoyed that conversation with caroline kelson a maker that makes her a living enabling soulful creatives like us through hand lettering courses writing and much more you should check out her work like ASAP. I'll be posting links to how you can find her project and all the books we mentioned as well in the show notes over at www.process.show. Thanks so much for tuning in. If you enjoyed my talk with Caroline, let me know. I'm Marcinator over on Twitter. I'll be back next Friday with the next episode of Process and more on managing the ups and downs of creating and making. I'm Marcela, your host, and this was Process.